A picture tells a story. It's often been said that a picture can say a thousand words. And if we look close enough, we'll see God in it, and that picture will tell us more than we could have hoped for or imagined. It's a beautiful tapestry of the way that He works in our lives with kindness, goodness, faithfulness, redemption, and ultimately, His love for us. Grab your coffee, or in my case, sweet tea, and let's walk through this journey together. Friends, welcome back to the Word Pictures with Meredith podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with me. So today I have a couple, and this is very exciting for me because this is the first time I've had two guests on at the same time, (laughs) and it's the day before Thanksgiving, which means I am even more grateful that they took time out of their time with family to come spend it with me. So welcome to the podcast, Crystal and Ben Woods. Hello, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for the invite. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Crystal, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your life looks like. We'd love to learn a little bit about you. Okay. Well, I am, I'm just, I'm, I'm just me. I'm, I'm a wife. I'm a mama. Um, I have been married to Benjamin for 21 years. That's awesome. Um, and we have three beautiful, amazing children. Our oldest is Ezra. Our center girl is Kala, and our baby is Lila. And it's just been uh, the privilege of my life to be part of this family and to have these lives just intertwined with mine. God has taught me so much about how he loves each person and how he loves me through the way that um, he's given me my family. Mm, That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Ben, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, what's your life look like? Yeah. Um, as Cl- as Crystal just shared, I'm pretty attached to her. Yeah, uh, we, absolutely. Uh, God's been good to us. Uh, 21 years in marriage. Um, humbled by that. Grateful for that. But getting to do life alongside her mm. um, yeah. is... I'm just grateful. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have all the words for that. But being a dad is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, the, the privilege of being the one where these little humans are entrusted to your mm, care to yeah. shape the way they see the world, the way they see God, the way they see life and family and all things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being husband, love being dad. So yeah. we, um, that's us. We are Team Woods. So yeah. a little bit about us. I love that. It's so humbling to be entrusted to, to care for these gifts. Mm-hmm. They are gifts for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have had the privilege of just following along with your journey on social media. And one of the things that I just see as clear as day is how important your faith is. And I admire that so much. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about your faith journey? When was it that you began to walk closely with Jesus? Crystal, would you mind sharing a little bit? Sure. Um, I 
grew up in a Christian home. I've always kind of known Jesus and, and heard about him growing up, been introduced to him as, you know, the savior of the world and, and you mm. know, the doer of these mighty miracles and all through the scripture. But um, my parents are, are missionaries in India, and so mm. they are faithful people who know and have modeled what it looks like to obey God's call, mm. um, even when it upends your life a little bit. And so yeah. we went um, to the mission field uh, when I was 11 years old. Um, my parents have stayed on the mission field. I came back when I was 15 to finish high school and okay. lived with my aunt in Colorado. Okay. Um, but through that time, um, faith was always important. Faith was always, you know, cornerstone and uh, the reason that we did things. Um, mm. But it was also what kind of held our family tight together, even through separation, where my parents were on one side of the planet and mm. I was on another. Yeah. Um, and my brother, too. We were all just kind of... Um, sprinkled out throughout yeah, yeah but um but always you know connected as a family through our faith um and so I would say my my faith journey is one that I've, I've always known who Jesus was but it's just been deepening as I get older as mm. I go through different experiences as I walk with Jesus and he leads me through um different aspects of life it's just been one that has been deepening yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome and Ben, uh, share just a little bit about your journey as well. We'd love to, to learn a little more. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up also in a strong Christian home. My mom mm. and dad, they love Jesus, they love each other, and they love us yeah. um, And as kids. And they love uh, the people that their kids married. Um, and mm. so um, I'm often reminded that Crystal is their favorite. But um, <laughs> no, I, I grew up with incredible examples of... Jesus being at the center of their marriage and mm. the center of our family. And so for me, the life of the church was the natural environment that I was being raised in. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that lent to, I mean, I was, I was a VBS kid, vacation Bible school, doing the crafts and yeah, yeah. in the basement of the church, you know, yeah, bring yeah. back some memories, but also like a church camp kid, yeah. um, all the things growing up in youth group where I think there was an, a progression of like, I saw such a, a just a beautiful example in my parents mm, that it was mm -hmm. natural to see yeah. when they walked through hard things and we walked through hard things, mm -hmm. they, they just held fiercely to their faith in Jesus. And that, yeah. that ministered to my heart as a kid in more ways than I think I even fully understood then. Yeah. Um, I remember on, on my, I wanted to be baptized when I, I remember being at the kitchen counter and telling my mom and dad um, that I I wanted to take the step of baptism and I spelled out to them why and I even told them like when I wanted I wanted it to be on my birthday because I was like I want my mm. physical birthday and my spiritual birthday to be on the same day and I'll never get the look on my mom's face like who are you like what, like well who words things that way um, but I I remember taking that step of owning my faith and and yet in the years to follow learning like fumbling through following Jesus learning how to live in his grace mm. um it was mm. it was just before my senior year of high school that I that I went on a trip CIY summer conference what they mm. used to call mm -hmm. call it back mm -hmm. in the 90s and I don't remember what the speaker's name was I don't remember yeah. what the sermon was even about 
I just remember that night feeling like in my spirit, God was just saying, you got a lot of great plans, um, but you've not really invited me into them. And so Mm. I just felt like I was supposed to hit the pause button and I made a decision to to go to Bible college for a year um, to to learn more about what I believe, why I believe it, so that it would be mine and not somebody else's. Uh, yeah, but yeah. made the decision to to go to Lincoln Christian College. I remember disappointing my guidance counselor significantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will never forget uh, high school guidance counselor. Now she had worked really hard for all my to help me get all my scholarships lined up because I was pretty passionate about academics. Um, and I remember her grabbing me by the shoulders when I told her and saying, <laughs> she goes, you were making a huge mistake. And I, I remember, well, that was, that was over 25 years ago. And I remember it vividly. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was freshman orientation at Lincoln Christian College, Lincoln Christian University now in yeah. Lincoln, Illinois, that we, our paths crossed. Ah. That's where we met. That's awesome. So, Crystal, do you want to share a little bit about that? I can't wait until <laughs> to hear that unfold. <laughs> uh, he always describes this magical moment when I leaned forward and spoke my first words to him. But really, I just needed a pencil. <laughs> and I was like, this kid doesn't have one, and this kid doesn't have one. Let's see if the guy in front of me does. <laughs> I, had, I had a pencil. I was prepared. Yeah. I was studious, remember? When people who know Ben and I know that we are very different in levels of preparedness generally (laughs) ben is prepared for every scenario at all points and i have nothing (laughs) just i just go but it was freshman orientation (laughs) yes so it seemed like that was the time to take notes yeah you know yeah (laughs) and still i'm like why did i need a pencil i remember you just wanted to talk to me (laughs) that's what i've told myself for decades Uh now yeah Clearly, it worked. 21, <laughs> yes. 21 years yeah. of marriage later, it worked. Yeah. yeah, so we were friends for a long period of time, and then, uh, and then started dating that second semester. And I said long period of time, and then giggled because that was like six months. Six months. Later. <laughs> we yeah. were in the same friend circle. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I feel like when you're younger like that, that does seem like a really yeah. long well, time. Well, and on a really small you know? campus, I yeah. mean that that the only thing you have to do there is leave. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, there's there's not a lot going on. I mean, it, yeah. Sorry, uh, but it was one of those things where you you can, you get more quality time because you're in yeah. a smaller context. Yeah. And you're yeah. with all of your friends, and you're you're studying together. You're going to class together. Mm. You're. I mean, all the things, and so you you get mm-hmm. a window into, the character and the ways of another person, and yeah. and so yeah. yeah, that was the environment. Yeah. So we dated about three and a half years and then got married in the summer of 2001. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So then did you guys stay in uh, Illinois area or did you decide to go ahead and move somewhere else after you were married? Um, So my my family was still in the mission field at that point. Ben's family lives... or at that point lived kind of south of Springfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had taken a, a internship at Youth for Christ in Champaign. Okay, okay. And so during his internship, um, they offered him to stay on for a little while. Um, he was also full-time with, uh, not full-time at that point, part-time with um, his rock band. Um, oh, okay. And so we moved to Champaign because that was just a really good 
general hub of where well, yeah, some it, family lived yeah. already. Um, his his you know internship had slash part time job uh, okay. was there. Yeah, and then that's yeah. a really good um, hub for the band that they could travel to all different places. It allowed us to to make the transition from part time to full time. So okay, okay, we, yeah, we then became that was our full time job. But it, it gave oh, yeah. us a home base in Champaign-Urbana. Okay. So, so uh, rock band, I don't get to hear that very often <laughs> when I talk to my guests. So kind of cool. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that looked like, how that maybe even began. And was that something that you really felt like God was kind of leaning you to? or oh, just absolutely. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit uh, more. Yeah. Originally, all full-time college students. Yeah. Um, yeah. Started with uh, my roommate in college, and um, I would say our first real major step in vocational ministry. You know, I think for us, when we started dating, like we knew we wanted to be on mission together. Mm. We didn't know what exactly that looked like. Right. But right. we knew if if Jesus is at the center of us, then He'll be at the center of what we do. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, Music has always been a big part of my life, and mm-hmm. being in a setting where you're, it resonates with other people as well. One yeah. of the natural things is songs that say you've been writing for a long time. You start mm. sharing them with your buddies, and yeah. Yeah. you start making music, and you make the choice to share those with people. And yeah. uh, it's not like oh, next thing you know, you're running around the country playing playing rock shows. But um, there was a progression of leaning into it with the purpose of planting gospel seeds in people's hearts mm. through a language that transcends every other. Absolutely. And so yeah. all these songs that were coming out of my prayer journal um, put to melody mm. um, gave us a pathway into a lot of moments of connection. Yeah. And I would say opened up doors of heart transformation with people. And so, mm. yeah, it became our my full-time job to run around the country playing rock shows 180 200 dates a year all over the country and out of it so um but we were based out of Champaign-Urbana wow Um, that's kind of cool considering like that's literally where we grew up so yeah we we kind of zoom 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 yeah um we 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 missed out on a lot that was happening here but this Mm. this was our address you know (laughs) so we and but we look at that season as such a gift you know for eight and a half years yeah. Um, and five and a half of that to be um, mm-hmm. full time. Yeah. It you, you miss a lot of things, but um, and it's definitely not what everyone thinks it is. Sure. Uh, sure. But yeah. such I think in that season, God groomed our hearts and, and refined mm-hmm. our hearts mm-hmm. to to continue to be all about connecting with people in yeah. very real and raw and vulnerable ways. Yeah, yeah. And so for us, we, we really took on that mindset of earn the right to be heard um, mm. and take your craft seriously. Mm-hmm. And so whether we were mm-hmm. in a bar or a church or a club or a coffee house or a festival or anywhere that people gather to hear music, yeah, um, treat your craft with, with a desire to set something in front of people that, mm. that God can use to stir something in them. Yeah. And, and invite conversation that that God can order more steps from. So, yeah, yeah that was that was a big piece of 
uh, the early years of our marriage, by all means, like we were, we yeah. were on the road a lot. So Crystal, you were traveling with him and, and, and at, you know, the venues and whatnot, um, to, to just be there, support him and just be on that journey together. Yeah, really? Yeah. I was just sitting here thinking about how beautifully God had written that part of our story and that mm. I'm not in the band. And if you saw <laughs> that group of people, those amazing men like um <laughs> perform you'd be like what is that girl doing here but um it really had become a, like a, a family to us like yeah. I love those boys yeah. like they're my brothers you know yeah and uh uh we had just kind of worked together alongside each other in ministry mm-hmm. um and developed that that way of approaching life um side by side so yeah. I was doing T-shirts, and I was doing, you know, all well, you the were, paychecks. I was going to say, like, you yeah. were like the director of operations. You are what every band needs that they don't know they need. <laughs> and um. they were so gracious to me. They were so good, too, um, because I just felt like one of them. Like, they I were, was just with yeah. them because I belonged there. Yeah. And so we'd all crawl into the... 15 passenger van they'd be all grungy and gross and then hey whoa (laughs) and i probably no you you provided by your natural way a very motherly presence Mm. um and that wasn't just endearing to all of us it was they were naturally just very protective yeah sometimes it was like on the tours where she wasn't able to to join us or she was flying to meet us wherever we were Mm -hmm. There was always a little bit of panic of like, what, what do we do? If Crystal's not with us, like, I was like, who's going to take care of that? Who's going to take care of that? But yeah. there was there was also a way for you to connect with people um, around topics that we couldn't and wouldn't and shouldn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you're you're there, not just at a venue, you're amongst people with yeah. the desire to connect on deeper things and, and music is a means Mm-hmm. to open those doors, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're prepared to shepherd every heart and pastorally speak into every moment. Yeah. But as a team, you can do that when you're on mission together. So, yeah. 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 And even at, when we had our, our first son, Ezra, um, he was on the road with us, you yeah. know, starting at four months. We bought him those big oh, nose, noise canceling yeah. headphones, put that on. Oh, I bet you've got some incredible pictures of that. Yeah. <laughs> That dude, so, logged, he logged a lot of rock shows. I mean, even when he was in your belly. I mean, he probably logged 80 or 90 right. dates. Wow. But even from those beginning stages, it was just very noticeable that, you know, where we go, we go together. We yeah. are in oh, this yeah. together. 100%. Yeah. So Team Woods was yeah. from the get-go. Oh, yeah. 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 That's so cool. How long did that season last for you guys? Um, I mean, that was eight and a half years. Um, we were... You know, wow. most, most of which was full time. And so wow, that's incredible, but, but it's, it's one of those things where that's why we can look back on that season mm. and, and just be grateful for the good of it, the heart of it, sometimes like nonsensical, ugly, just mm. hard things of it, mm. but how God was taking that and growing something in us further that he would leverage in some other way Mm -hmm. so i think that and then when that season ended it it naturally put us into um ben took a job as a campus pastor um 
at the University of Illinois with a, a parachurch okay, uh, okay. Yeah. campus ministry there. Yeah. yeah. And so... And our family just continued to minister together. I mean, mm. we had Ezra and Kala at that point. Yeah. And, you know, we were going to all the functions. We were there for their weekly worship things. And I never mm-hmm. knew how much, ki- like, college kids loved children. Mm. Like, it was such a beautiful yeah. blessing to me yeah. for my children to grow up in that environment, for them to be valued and loved by each mm. one of these, like, young men and women um, exploring their faith and like learning how to live um, in love with Jesus and so it was it's just been a big blessing for each stage of ministry as God's unfolded it that the way that he includes our family mm. in it. yeah, yeah. I, I think that that transition from traveling ministry to located ministry it was hard because it was it felt foreign and yeah. yet, yeah. it was so good because it felt like home. It felt like we can do ministry side by side. Mm. And it pour forth not just from our marriage, but from our family mm. in the way that we walk with the people day in and day out. And yeah. so all these college yeah. students, I mean, they God has woven so many mm. of them into our life through it, um, both through our time serving in a campus ministry at the University of Illinois, but also when we moved to Southern Indiana um, for the opportunity to create what didn't exist in the life of a local church, mm. and that was college-age young adult ministry okay. birthed out of the church. So, okay. um, and got to serve on staff um, in a local church in Southern Indiana yeah. um, for eight and a half years. So um, all of that being in the realm of discipleship pathways and next mm-hmm. steps and spiritual mm-hmm. formation and mm-hmm. college-age young adults in discipleship, but all, always, as mm-hmm. a family. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I love the way that um, your life just shows how important it is to lock arms with each other. The, like, from from, from your entire story, it's been clear that community is important in all aspects of your life. Um, so I, th- I think that's really neat to just to see as a bystander just how important it is that um, that we are in community with each other. Um, can you go in a little bit deeper on that even and just talk about what community has looked like, um, you know, just leading up to this point of your life as far as, you know, your move to Southern Indiana and, and how that community just grew and became more important uh, for you. It matters who's in your circle. Yeah. And I think yeah, we're, we're all reminded of that. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, right? Like, yeah. um, I know we often word it this way of everybody needs truth tellers and grace givers mm. in their yeah. circle, on their team, in their corner. Um, and it can look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But in the life of the church, we use a lot of language of um, journey language, right? Like wayfaring language that you are walking out whatever's in front of you yeah. side by side. Yeah. These scriptures filled with one another passages, right? Yeah. All the one another commands that are imperatives. Mm-hmm. Even the one mm-hmm. another's of like, don't do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's all with that same heartbeat of staying together. And I mm-hmm. think it's because... It's not just the the power of mobilized people on mission. It's 
it's the power of the Holy Spirit working through the body of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. To help a wounded world know why they need Jesus too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that they need Jesus more than us. It's that we all need Jesus. Yeah. And and so for us, I think the way God, I mean, the way iron sharpens iron, the way God grooms and prunes and refines us into Christ's likeness, it's always best in the context mm. of community. Yeah. So yeah. I I think for us, it's always been like that's like a non-negotiable. You mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. allow yourself to be a loose limb yeah. of the church. You want to be a discipleship arm. Yeah. And so yeah. you you build tribes around your kids mm-hmm. where they have godly voices speaking into their life, living into their life. You you do the same for you. Mm-hmm. You everybody mm-hmm. needs a Paul. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a Timothy and everybody needs a Barnabas. You need somebody yeah. pouring in. You need somebody you're pouring into. And you need somebody you're running alongside that is a voice mm-hmm. of encouragement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a big piece that always has to be pronounced, I think. And so you, you fight for it. Yeah. You don't give up it on finding it. It doesn't always fall into your lap. Oh, you have to look or, for yeah. it. Right, um, and right. so I, I remember mo- when we first moved to southern Indiana, that was our, my first move as an adult, like where I really mm. felt like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing this thing by like we're yeah. doing this by ourselves. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, but at, and we've never played euchre before. So yeah, like, <laughs> what are they going to do with us? Um, but at church, everybody knew Ben because he, you know, was on staff. He was doing like stage stuff, um, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of there, and I felt very alone for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it t- it took a little while of of like continuing to explore and continuing to engage to find the people that you know, I felt naturally, you know, connected with, we had a lot of similar things, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and the people who I didn't have a lot of similarities with, but that God had, you know, prepared in advance to be around us, to Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, live around us and continue to pour into us and us pour into them. And so it takes a little work. It doesn't always just happen, but you can trust that God intends for you to have people to wayfare alongside. And so you just continue to yeah, stay present yeah. and, and allow him to bring those into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you talk a lot about wayfarer and, um, that's not something that you just hear in a casual conversation anymore. Do you want to maybe go in a little bit deeper on that and what that actually looks like and what that even means as far as definition in case someone says, yeah. what even is, you know, what is the definition of that word? So yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to know a little bit more. Yeah, A wayfarer is somebody who travels by foot. Mm. So there's not another means or mode of transportation mm-hmm. to expedite whatever the path is in front of you. And so our hearts beat for discipleship, that idea of being a learner and a follower of Jesus, of his ways, his heart, his love, Mm -hmm. the nature of God, the word of God, Mm -hmm. like being in our lives in such a way that following Jesus is is what is reflected from our lives. Uh, Mm. We'll often say, yeah, a life in love with Jesus. And so... To us, when we use language of wayfaring, what we're talking about is a discipleship, the mm-hmm. way of a disciple following Jesus, even when we don't know what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. But a wayfarer is kind of 
to just remind us of how much scripture speaks of us as pilgrims, mm -hmm. as us as nomads, of us as aliens, um, mm. that this is not home. Yeah. And we are, we are moving through, we are passing through. And so in whatever season or station or stretch of life, you wayfare through it. And I, I often think of the, you know, the discipleship metaphor is so rich with journeying language, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, when you go, if you were to go out uh, into the wilderness, mm -hmm. literally or metaphorically, right? your instinct is to look for the evidence of those who have walked before you. Mm. We tend to call them trails, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. We just don't. We don't take enough time to think that a trail is a very vivid example of where someone else has walked before you mm -hmm. and they found a way through all the twists and the turns, the ups and the downs, whatever the terrain looked like, they found a way to traverse it and wayfare through the wilderness mm -hmm. to get through to the other side. And I just, we just think that's such a beautiful oh, yeah. metaphor for discipleship because following yeah. Jesus, yeah. it's good. It's necessary, but it's hard. Yeah. And it's really hard when things are hard, when mm -hmm. life is hard. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so for us, we're just trying to remind people of all of the pilgrimage language and the eternal mindset mm -hmm. necessary mm -hmm. to wayfare through a world that we weren't made for. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love the way that you described it in it is someone that is literally going by foot. There is no way to expedite it. Yeah. And that is exactly how it is when you're walking with Jesus because our flesh wants to just push forward because we don't like the uncomfortable or whatever the situation is. But when we just take that step by step with him and he's guiding those steps, yeah, that's a beautiful picture. And it really the, is. The patterns of this world yeah. are to convince you to live life trying to avoid pain at all costs. As if it is not a primary instrument of refining of our character yeah, that God uses. Absolutely. So I absolutely. think often of Psalm 23, right? You walk through the valley. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't say you run through it. Doesn't say you get to skip around it or yeah. run past it. Yeah. But it also doesn't say you set up camp and you stay there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You keep walking. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's, that's the heartbeat of a, of a wayfarer is someone who is e focused on eternity because mm -hmm. ultimately we want to see heavenly thinking invade earthly living. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the, the word picture of a wayfarer and a journey um, has meant so much to us because of the ways that we've had to walk. We've walked in sorrow and in separation and in pain when we mm -hmm. did not want to go that way um yeah. and so just to share a little bit more of our story absolutely um we have three kids we have Ezra and Kala and Lila and in the spring of 2019 we discovered that our center girl our Kala um was facing an aggressive and an invasive and a vicious and an unnamed brain cancer, and there were several tumors that were growing in her brain mm. at the age of nine. Mm. Um, and so we began to try to fight that cancer. Doctors tried to, you know, develop treatment plans and to manage um, 
So Macau is really painful symptoms. And we lived in the hospital. Mm. Um, we, um, our Ezra and our Lila came here to Muhammad to live with some family while we were with Kala in the hospital in Cincinnati. Mm. Um, and that girl, she's just... Mm. She just glows and is brilliant and beautiful and just makes so many friends. She, um, and I mean, enchanted is a funny word, but that is just what she is. Like, she does that to people. Like, you want to be with Kala. And we watched her do that, even in the middle of this intense pain and this Mm. fierce, like, uncertainty that she was having to face as just a nine-year-old. Yeah. Um... We watched her own her faith until to really cling to who Jesus is and the fact that he was with her and that he was not going to leave her and she mm. was going to follow him anywhere. Um, yeah. And so in, in the middle of as, as she's fighting all of this physical stuff, I really believe there is a spiritual battle that she's fighting as well. And she clung to mm. Jesus. And we always say she has become a hero of our faith. watching how she steadfastly moved forward and faced obstacles um Mm. and even as she she hurt and she suffered we watched her um point so many people to jesus because of the way that she continued to worship Mm. and continued to hold fast to the faith that she had um really put her life on and so um just about eight weeks after we first discovered the brain cancer that she was fighting our Kala was rescued to heaven and to home mm. and safely carried mm. and rescued from this world um, yeah. by Jesus her savior and we know and mm. we are clinging to those same promises that we know she clung to as well that she is home and she is happy and she is healed Mm. and she is waiting along with us we are all all creation is eagerly awaiting and groaning for the return of jesus and so we're all doing that together um she's waiting alongside us for the day that jesus will come and set all things right and so Mm. We have no dark disappointment in this world. We know what it's like to have everything ripped out from under us and to recognize the beauty that actually is held in those verses in Hebrews 13, 14, that this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And so we have been disappointed and our hope and our interest interest in this world has died. And instead we have a longing and just this eager anticipation, this groaning, and this movement toward what God has called us all to, that there is a future, there is a homeland ahead, and that he is moving all of history, all of creation is steadily moving toward the day that he returns. And Mm -hmm. so uh, the disappointment that we have in this world has given birth to this hope that we have in the next. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is what I, I feel God has been revealing to us in this journey as wayfarers that we do not belong here. We don't put our tent stakes in this world and get cozy here for the short time we are here. We are here on purpose and on mission to move yeah. forward to the homeland we have. We cannot get 
settled here and we can't quit along the way when the journey gets hard. We move through, we follow our shepherd. Mm. And as we do, we link arms with other yeah. fellow wayfarers and we say, we have got to keep moving mm-hmm. on mission. We are mm-hmm. going somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that's what Wayfair has meant to us. Yeah. And that's why it's been um, a mm. way of life for us because we're not satisfied yeah. with what we have right now and the way the world is right now. Yeah. And God says it's not going to stay this way. And so we're going to continue to follow him until he makes all things right and brings mm. heaven to earth. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we live life between Kala's rescue and our reunion. And this is the race marked out for us. So we want to run it faithfully and fruitfully and humbly. And um, that, uh, there's so much to say about all of this. You know, we, no one anticipates grief invading your life. Um, And grief comes in all different shapes and sizes. Um, but we, we are familiar with pain beyond our vocabulary and there's no, there's no value in comparing or competing, uh, over pain, but we know it intimately. And I, I think there's a resolve in our hearts to hold fast to the truths we've been taught mm-hmm. that the worst things are not the last things. Yeah. And there is great joy ahead. Home is up ahead. Because mm-hmm. helpless yeah. doesn't mean hopeless. Yeah. And so for us, we want to call and equip fellow wayfarers mm-hmm. to a deeper living, a deeper mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. with eyes fixed on Jesus and hearts set on heaven, just like Scripture calls us to. And I think that is a way that we are partnering with God mm. in the redemption of all things, because that's what He does. Right? Yeah. If he allows it, he'll redeem it. And if we look around, he's always redeeming. The question is, are we going to partner with him or impede him in it? Mm-hmm. Do we get to participate mm-hmm. in it? Or are we going to spectate it um, and be like, man, that would have been cool to be a part of when we were actually invited into it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. there, is, there is a longing in us to ready the church in in all of its local expressions, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we have a deep longing in us to help reframe people's thinking where, you know, like when Peter says, like, don't get, don't get cozy here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's easy to look around and see how committed we've all been to getting cozy here. Mm-hmm, yeah, and yeah. we got to fix our eyes in the right place on the right one. And so we've just jumped headlong into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like since Kala's rescue that that fire, I saw that fire even before that part of your story, just from what you've been sharing with me. So do you think that fire was ignited even more since Kala's rescue to just continue um, to, you know, lock those arms? Absolutely. I think. Yeah. For us, discipleship has always been like our common language. You know, mm-hmm. like um, yeah. I feel very fortunate to run alongside Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, I will often say, 
um, I'm at my best when she's at my side. Mm. And so I think for us, the way we want to move on mission, discipleship and, and putting as many things in people's backpack that equip them to be faithful, to walk out whatever's in front of them, like that is, I think, always been our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But just as Crystal said, like, as we have had to come face to face with the disappointment of this world, um, it demands that we give our attention to the world we're made for. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so there is, you know, like that Jeremiah fire in my bones. And that fire's never gone out, but it is, it is white hot. In ways that I don't have words for right now, yeah. um, I, I part of readying the church, I think, is waking up the church, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we want to lean into those moments and help others know that there is room for them on that journey as well. Yeah. Um, I think our if if we're not tuned into the fact that everyone, so many people are walking in grief, they just don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. don't know that they have permission to feel it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's because it's been framed as an immaturity, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, even in the life of the church, we have a tendency to want people to wrap it up uh, before it gets weird for the rest of us. Um, right. And as backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I never had the pleasure of meeting your sweet Calla. Um, but just through the images that I get to see online, um, there's something very precious about that girl. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about her? I'd love to know her a little bit more through your words. Yeah. Yeah. Kala is just spark. She's just fire. Mm -hmm. Um, and even, so I'm a lot more, um, introverted. Yeah. Um, and so even as a little girl, she'd be like, Mommy, let's go talk to those people. And I'd be like, uh, no, I'm okay over here. You can go say hi. Um, but she just always has loved, loved people and wanted to um, be friends with so many people. Like she mm. just has that way about her. And you yeah. want to be her friend. You want to be with her yeah. because she's just where all the fun is. Yeah. yeah. I, like effervescent, magnetic, like oh, just yeah. leader of leaders. Like I, I would always remember, you know, being serving on staff in, in a church, like you're in a church lobby a lot. And I've never, I, I've, I was always blown away by this. I've never seen anyone like in essence, like own a lobby, mm. um, effortlessly like yeah. Kala, like, um, yeah. never in a demanding way, but just in that endearing way. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is, is like Kala for us, we've, we watched her whole life here, her always having a plan and that plan always includes you. So oh. why would you not want to hang out with the person that has thought oh, yeah. to invite you into all of the moments and coordinate the moments, organize the moments, um, like um, just uh, very, very intentional. Um, She's just like a natural includer. And so even in, it's not like she was uncomfortable in big settings, but even in small settings, 
um, she'll find something that the two of you have in common, and that's your thing. Like, oh, I mean, she just had a yeah, thing with yeah. so many people, just a connection about, oh, we mm. do cartwheels together. Oh, we watch Harry Potter together. Yeah. Oh, we, we make rainbow loom bracelets together. Just different things that mm. are so precious yeah. and tangible and activities that is your thing because we're friends, yeah. and that's just Kawa. What a gift, because that's what we, we're longing for someone to recognize us, you know? I mean, obviously that's our, at our core, what we just long for with Jesus. Um, he recognizes us, but I feel like just from what you're saying, that's what Kala, that was the gift that she gave to people was the fact that she recognized you and she invited you. Mm. I mean, goodness gracious, how many sweet young children have that gift? I mean, wow, that's incredible. It's incredible. And even after her rescue, we've heard story after story of mm. parent after parent who said, mm. she looked out for my kid. He was new at school. She mm. brought him around. She told him, like, introduced her, him to all her friends. Mm. You know, she was the first person who invited me to play. Like, these kinds of things that just make me praise God yes. for Cal yes. and the way that he has yes. worked in her little life in such beautiful mm. ways. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. She's, she's left quite a legacy. Mm. Uh, my mom, my mom calls them holy ripples. Uh, mm. Oh, I love that. Uh, how love that. so many holy ripples are coming from her life lived well, and I think you know, Cala's heart to look out for the left out. I mean, that's a a teamless culture code. Uh, it's just a way that we have tried to teach our children how to know the love of Jesus and how to live the love of Jesus. And mm -hmm. that was just synonymous with Caleb before she got sick. Mm -hmm. um, but that heart has been such a place of inspiration for so many other people to step out of their comfort zones, to lean into moments with other people mm. that really just needed someone to know them and to take the time to see them and hear yeah. them yeah. and engage them and yeah, I, uh, you know, I, my mind, when you were just saying that, it, just, it goes to one night we were um, going to a high school basketball game because our son Ezra is a drummer and he was in the pep band and we're going and there's thousands of people at this basketball game and this guy starts waving down at us um, and I, I'm like looking around, I'm like, is he talking to me? Like, who's, who's, he, who's he gesturing at? Waving for me to come up. And I come up into the stands, and there's all these people. You know, it's a basketball game. Right. And, and he just goes, he says, you're Cala's dad. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm Cala's dad. And I, it was such a beautiful moment, because he doesn't know my name. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if he knows my name. But he knows my daughter's name, and he knew her. And this man who had spent a couple weeks maybe a few weeks in the classroom with her um, as a substitute teacher, like he was able to share stories that I hadn't got to hear before. Oh, yeah. And I'm having to hear it in front of all these people, and I'm, I can't keep my composure. Mm. But it was such a gift because I think God is constantly reminding us, you've seen some of the holy ripples, but there's so many more. Mm. And so for us, we... We see those as just reminders of the gift that she is yeah. and 
how God, God is still far from finished with her story and with our story. Yeah. Um, and so for us, we, we look at those as just vivid expressions of God's nearness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And out of um, Kala's rescue, um, the Brave Way Home, um, from my understanding, that was kind of born as well. So um, am I correct on that? Yeah. Do you want to dive in a little bit and just share about what the Brave Way Home is and um, maybe how God led you in that direction? Yeah. Um, I think the thing about my experience with grief, at least, has been that you hear a lot of lies when you are grieving. Like, the lies are so loud. Uh, things like, you know, stay down, don't get up, this is not oh. worth it, there's no way forward. Um, yeah. And I feel like God has been so gracious to us and so good to continue mm. to speak truth to those lies. Yeah. Um, and so I think in in the middle of that, asking God, are you done with us? Because I don't see a way mm. forward from this. I don't see how you can move us anywhere past this. Um, and that temptation to just lie down and give up and this yeah. is it. Um but God had con had continued to walk with us in that and continued to say there is a purpose, there is a way forward through this. This is not your future forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so fixing our eyes on himself and on the joy that is still set before us, heaven is still before us and the promises are still true. We have to walk through the valley to get to the promised land but we are on our way there and it is going to happen mm. um the brave way home was just kind of an answer to those questions of how mm. even would you even help us walk forward um because the brave way home the vision that captured our hearts is to call and equip fellow believers fellow wayfarers to deeper living with our eyes fixed on jesus and our hearts set on heaven because God birthed in us through this deep pain that we know deep compassion for other people who mm. are walking through life who are wayfaring and navigating these difficult disappointing parts of life and who maybe cannot see a way forward where we just want to run to those people to put mm. our arms around them to remind them God is not done with you God is not done with us we are yeah. moving somewhere and we are going there together let's walk together yeah. and so that has been the vision that has captured our hearts and pulled us forward that even as we are stumbling mm. and and walking sometimes reluctantly yeah. through the terrain that we have got to walk to we have such a future set before us such an inheritance to walk toward we will walk through whatever to get there because we trust that it will be every promise mm. um, completely fulfilled that rest is there restoration is there reunion will be there mm. resurrection and reward that we have everything to walk toward and so we're just trying to call other people who have been wounded by life mm. to continue the journey that we're not there yet we're not done yet we've got to keep going yeah. and that has been the heart of the brave way home yeah mm. and it moves it beyond just grief um it it puts it under the discipleship umbrella yeah. because yeah. i i think like i said before like following jesus is hard and to keep following jesus when life is hard is really hard yeah and 
Um, that's why it matters who you wayfare with. That's why it matters that you have truth tellers and grace givers around you. Mm-hmm. That you are locking arms as the life of the church. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what the world needs of us. And Absolutely. I, I, I Absolutely. think, like, yeah. um, you know, we will say often, we want to see heavenly thinking invade earthly living. Mm-hmm. And what we're getting at is, I mean, look at the teachings of Jesus. What do we call a parable? Right? Like, it's an mm-hmm. earthly story mm-hmm. with what? A heavenly meaning. Yeah. Like, we yeah. pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in where? Heaven. heaven. Yeah. If we are not heavenly minded, mm-hmm. how on earth can we be a conduit of the kingdom to usher in what God wants on earth? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Scripture is filled with, don't be so focused on what is in front of you. Set your mind on the realities of heaven. Paul's got a ton to say about all of that, right? Yeah. Like, like there's very much the reminder. And again, every time you read in Scripture, the day, the day, the day. Mm. Like, we are to live in the imminence of that day. The inevitability of that day. As if the dawning of that day is just beyond the horizon. Mm. So, to us, we want to just remind people. That we are to be the people who are living for the day of Christ's return. Because hope, hope, this certain expectation, and this word that we often toss around pretty freely in a lot of settings, mm-hmm. that we get confused with wishful thinking, right? Mm-hmm. We will cheapen mm-hmm. the value of it because we wish for things mm-hmm. instead of put our hope in someone. Mm-hmm. Hope held out is no hope at all if it's not anchored in Christ coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And so for us... We don't want to just be ministers of pain and grief. We want to be ministers of hope, hope. Yeah. because yeah. that that's what we're holding fast to. He's who we're holding fast to. Yeah. And so we've just chosen, you know, yeah, we've taken all the steps to be a 501c3 mm-hmm. nonprofit organization that comes alongside um, the local church um, in an open-handed mindset and heart yeah. posture that says, okay, God, we don't want to say, here's our plan. Hope you're cool with it. We want to say our hands are open. We're not going to go around jiggling every door, trying to push them open. We're just going to look mm. in, intensely and with anticipation for the doors that you're opening and trust that you'll give us the courage to walk through them mm. and that you will use us how you see fit. And you'll take our gifts. You'll take our passions You'll take our story and you'll bring mm. redemption through all of it. So yeah. Yeah. it's looking a lot of different ways. Absolutely. But it all looks like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's an incredible... Uh, it's just neat to think back when you were making that decision to go to Lincoln Christian College and some of those same words that you said then are the words that you just spoke now, you know, and that... It's not um, not my plans, Lord. It's yeah. your plans. And I think you recognized that at that moment back when you decided, you know, to go to that college. So it's just neat how God continues to work and he's so faithful. Um, I just can't even express enough how much I appreciate you guys taking time uh, to come and just share 
a piece of your journey. And I just know that there's so much more to this story. And if anyone is interested, I encourage them to listen to your podcast, to go to your website. Um, but before we wrap up, I just have one question that I love to ask everyone. Um, and Crystal, I'll start with you and then let Ben uh, kind of jump on in. What do you know about God now that you did not know about him before um, Kala's rescue? Um, what's really what I am so grateful for about Jesus is that he's a God who knows what it's like to be heartbroken. Mm. He is a God who knows what it's like to hurt and to be disappointed in this world. Um, and that it's not faithless to, to suffer. Yeah. It's not sin to be sorrowful. Yeah. Because it is just a marker of what is broken on this world, but it's also a promise of what will one day be gone forever. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have, I know what it is like to live face down in the dirt, but I also know I found Jesus there too, mm. that he is not just a God of a mountain. He is also a God on the bottom of the dirtiest floor, that he is with us in every mm. moment, never too far, but that he also knows and he loves us enough to know. And yeah. the fact that he loved me and loves my Cala mm. that much is just so precious to me yeah. that he's even willing to go there with me. Um, yeah. That has ministered to me. And that I love Jesus so much deeper because of those experiences. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. My mind goes to a few things. I'll try and summarize it, but very similarly that idea that you know the peace that we long for it's not found in the absence of pain mm. it's found in his presence in the midst of it yeah. and so i i think of how just as crystal said he's not leaving or forsaking it means something totally different now yeah. than what it did before i yeah. i think Everything means something different, right? Like heartache means something different. Heart does. Pain, mm. those thresholds, they've moved. <laughs> mm. But hope means something different. Peace means something different. Yeah. But one of the other things I would highlight is this. Um, his love for us, it runs deep. And I think often of the ache in this daddy's heart to have all of my children mm. Mm. in my arms again. Mm. I can either try and hold on to that myself or I can hand that over to him to redeem it. And through it, what he keeps reminding me is this is but a fraction yeah. of the ache of the father's heart to have all of his mm. children in his arms. Mm. So that compels me to make sure that I am telling, teaching, preaching, speaking, showing, living that love mm. over every heart I encounter as best I can through the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. Yeah. Um, there is no way for us to quantify His graciousness because amazing just doesn't cut it. 
So. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing. If people want to connect with you, if they want to know more about the Brave Way Home or find your podcast, um, tell us how they can do that, how they can search and, and know a little bit more about you, about Team Woods. <clears throat> our, our website is just thebravewayhome.com. Um, and our podcast is called We Are Wayfarers. Um, and that's just on every streaming platform. You can just search for it. Uh, yeah, the website's the easiest. If you can't remember anything else, just, just remember thebravewayhome.com. It's the landing spot for anything with social media or anything. If people still email, you know, that does yeah. exist. Uh, not with the younger generation. But, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like yeah. however to connect with us. The website is the easiest way to just yeah. remember and use that as a landing spot to the yeah. to the podcast or anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're in the area, I mean, that's... That's the thing. We do a lot of speaking and teaching in a lot of different places. And so it's also the best way to be in the loop of if we're remotely yeah. close geographically yeah. uh, to see people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, I just thank you so much. And I, um, I thank you that you shared Kala, that you continue to share Kala with us. And um, just the gift that she continues to be. And... I just look forward to seeing on social media in all the different ways the holy ripples that will continue to unfold because God is so kind. Um, and I just pray blessings on all of the things that you um, are moving forward in. I pray blessings on your marriage and on your sweet Ezra and your sweet Lila. And um, just once again, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you. Absolutely. Ben and Crystal Woods, it was an absolute gift having them on the podcast and sharing their heart, sharing their story, and sharing their Kala with us. Reach out to them on social media and just let them know what their story has meant to you. Follow along on their journey and definitely take some time and listen to their podcast. You will be encouraged and you will be inspired to continue to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and your heart geared towards heaven. Friends, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast today. If you have a moment, could you rate and review the podcast? Also, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future encouraging conversations. A fun little tidbit about today, it's actually the two-year anniversary since I first published an episode of Word Pictures with Meredith. I tell you what, it has been a journey, and God has been so faithful, and His timing is incredible, and I have grown in my relationship with Him in ways that I could not have done if I didn't take that leap of faith and start recording these episodes. So thank you so much for coming along with me on these journeys and being patient with me as I fumble and learn because I tell you I am a work in progress. So I look forward to the next time, friends, that we can meet again.